Sabaho everybody. Sabaho. Welcome back to the channel. I hope you guys are... Well, first, I hope you guys are doing great. I hope you guys are having a great Saturday. It is uh, Saturday, August 20... 20th, <laughs> just to get it right. And um, today is a special show. Today I'm actually sharing with you guys, or I'm actually live streaming to you guys, on the normal show uh, from the Xperia. Uh, so basically the Xperia Pro i running the latest update that was pushed out last week. And I'm also using the uh, a7 IV as the live streaming camera. So the feed is actually coming straight from the a7 IV. And uh, the best way to describe it, hope you guys are hearing me good. Uh, I can see you and hear you great. I'm watching on the TV video. Ah, oh, dude, Ash, thank you very much. So good, audio, seems like the audio seem, uh, works great. I can see the meter here. I got the audio inputs in there. Uh, we're broadcasting at 1080p, 30 frames per second. And this is the exciting part about this. The fact that I'm actually able to do all of that in a customizable setting that is technically ready to go. I can totally disconnect this thing from the mount that I have it in here and walk out of here and we wouldn't miss a beat. We would be willing to basically enjoy that content and the experience. Now, the one thing I will say though, since I'm running this entire thing on battery, I am going to be very limited on the amount of time we have. And what it means essentially is I'm not sure, but I think we should be able to go for about the hour, an hour or so, um, and without necessarily missing a beat on this. I'll double check real quick. Uh, my battery is at 96% on the phone and the battery on the camera is technically pulling juice from the phone. So in theory, we'll have to see how long this lasts. Um, I would have loved to be able to have a, a Y cable that gives me the ability of using USB 3.2 at the same time, but we'll have to see. But for the chat, since we're doing this straight to YouTube and I'm not using StreamYard, I'm actually going to be using my phone as uh, the chat monitor to be able to get some of those comments. Uh, it's full mobile experience, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy, of course. And uh, yeah, actually now I can see the delay going in there. Uh, don't forget about uh, rolling back to Android. So yeah, Greg, Greg's comment is a very, very good one. So a couple of the things we're going to talk about today are Android 13 related topics, basically software updates for Android 13. Uh, not specifically to Pixel, although Pixel did receive this update last week. This week we had a couple of companies, well, basically, you know, uh, Color OS and Oxygen OS 12 or 13 actually were both released in beta form to two specific devices, the Find X5 Pro for Color OS and the OnePlus 10 Pro for Oxygen OS uh, 13. And they're both in beta form. Although I kind of feel like ColorOS's beta runs a little bit better. There's a few little hiccups here and there, uh, depending on the version that you're using. But overall, both beta released, both released roughly about the same time, based on the same code and sharing a lot more between the two operating systems. And I want to talk a little bit about that to you guys today. Like, What are you really getting between the differences and what are some of the uniqueness that you see on OxygenOS that you don't see on ColorOS? The other thing I also want to talk to you guys about is uh, my experience with the Nothing Phone. This device, I've had it for about a week now, purchased it myself directly from the UK. I want to talk to you guys also about some of those experiences and I'm looking to push a video out on Monday on the Nothing Phone 1. So essentially, uh, my summarization of the Nothing Phone 1 and I just got a notification on it. I, I like the fact that we have uh, notification lights and hopefully it'll blink, no, maybe. Okay, well, I didn't want to do it now, but it did it before. Um, have you received uh, the Wear OS update 3 to the TicWatch yet? So Finn Jacobs asking about Wear OS 3.0. So Wear OS 3.0, Google's going to start, basically the exclusivity of having it only on Samsung and obviously since Google doesn't have a watch, but basically Samsung's had Wear OS 3.0 unlocked for the last, for some time now. Um, no, so the update for Wear OS 3.0 on TicWatch hasn't been pushed yet. My understanding, and at least the wishes of the way we saw the information come out, is that the new watch that they that they essentially teased, saying that it will be released with the new uh, Qualcomm SoC, should have the first. I think that'll be the first one to come out with Wear OS 3 if they were going to release it alongside a hardware. 
I think software for older generations typically come after the initial release. So for the most part, we're probably going to see a new hardware, well, new hardware from TechWatch with that update. And then we'll start seeing it on the TechWatch 3 Pro, the 3 Ultra, all the, the, the generational ones that they said that they should be able to support. Um, I will say, do apologize for some of the background noises. There's some work being done above me. So we're going to have a little bit of noise, but hopefully, again, the audio experience stays very clear. Um, but yeah, so that was Finn's question. And actually, Finn, thank you for, for making it. I realized that uh, you were able to make it in time today uh, and to hang out with us with us here. Um, I see Greg is in the chat. I see Ash, uh, Finn Jacobs, Chemi. Um, I see Farhan. Hey, good morning, Greg. Um, uh, Michael Corrigan also coming in. Uh, my TicWatch 3 Pro has not gotten Wear OS 3. In fact, um, the fact, uh, to come to think, I haven't even been, I haven't got any updates. We haven't seen that many updates. The last update I got on my TicWatch 3 Pro, or no, this is the Ultra one. I want to say it was a few months ago, and that was a few more, more of an update to existing version. We didn't go to 3.0 yet. Uh, but yeah, typically watches don't get updates as often as smartphones because for the most part, the interactions of what you can do on the watch is very limited to what you're doing on your phone. So very little things really run on the watch. While we do have native apps, more like you know YouTube Music is starting to play there um, and other applications that you're able to play for music content. But for the most part, we really don't get as much updates on those things. So yeah, you're right. You probably wouldn't notice it. And even if you do catch it, possibly, typically these updates get pushed overnight and they actually get updated when it's on the charger. So most of the time we don't catch those updates. You, you can rarely ever go into the settings and hit check updates and sometimes you'll be able to see it. But yeah, that's something to keep in mind in there as well. Um, Robin De Vries, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Hey, how are you doing? Antonio, hey, my buddy, hope you're doing well, man. Thank you very much. I want to say I saw uh, Marilyn in here earlier. I, I do want to apologize. I may have, yeah, Marilyn, first and foremost, yeah, right there, Sabaho. Hope you're doing uh, good. Yusuf is in there as well. Thank you very much for hanging out with that. Jimmy Fire Dragon, kicking it, uh, Finn Jacob, and oh man, so many people. Okay, so I missed quite a few. I do apologize for being a little bit late. My problem was... I normally set up my live stream in StreamYard. So StreamYard is a tool, as you know, every time we stream from it. So this is one of the other reasons why I'm not streaming it to, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, it's not going to Twitch. The stream is purely stay, staying on here uh, because I don't have a way of dual streaming from here yet. I'm hoping that that's going to be a functionality. We get that in the future. So I will say here, let me, let me write that down. Dual, yeah, dual stream. I like that feature. So, but uh, the overall experience, essentially, I can only go to one stream at a time. So we're setting up everything here the way we normally would do it. I'm connected directly USB-C to USB-C into the phone. And then, of course, the phone's connected to my Wi-Fi with 5G backup in case something happens to the Wi-Fi. So the connection is very solid. We're not using third-party software. We're just streaming straight to YouTube. So what you're seeing here is truly the capabilities and... Um, as crisp as possible. And I know there's not a lot of color. I forgot to set that up, but the long story short is, is I set up the stream in StreamYard, then jump into uh, the live streaming app, the monitoring app on the uh, Xperia Pro I, and then from there selected the stream. And then from there, essentially just directly connect to it and run it. And I think that was the main, the main benefit that I loved about it. It was easy to set up once you have it configured. Now you can't customize all of the things that you want on um, the Xperia monitoring app. You do need to have a little bit more work on a PC. So you can set up the event, so essentially a live streaming event on the Pro I or even on the PC and then code it and do all the tags and all of that good stuff. And then later on, when you're ready to stream, pick that stream uh, from the options and the settings and then just hit broadcast. And then it'll just broadcast to the channel the way you want it. So the thumbnail, all of that stuff, I had to do, of course, on the PC. But yeah, let me let me jump back down to the comments. Make sure to catch up, everybody. Um, 
Okay, uh, Ahmad, Ahmad is saying, um, sitting on the balcony, drinking mango juice uh, while it's raining outside, watching the stream. Happy to see you, Tariq. Habibi, I hope you're doing well. I hope you stay dry, man. Um, yeah, overall, the TechWatch 3 has been, it has been excellent. So this is Michael Corgan coming in. Um, great battery life, um, no major issues. The charging is pretty da damn slow, but uh, that isn't, it hasn't been a big issue for me. So for me, I'm with you on the charging. I wish it was a little bit faster but I typically don't charge it every day, right? So for me, it goes for a solid two days and then I put it on the charger overnight, wake up in the morning and it's ready to go. If I wanna be able to track the sleeping, I usually keep it on and I just plug it in the morning when I get up. And then by the time I'm ready to go around, it typically is ready to go. So yeah, uh, this is something they need to work on. I'm hoping the next generation will support faster charging, uh, but I'm also hoping that the next generation brings in some new features and maybe some more options for that secondary display that we have. Um, good morning, Steve DeRoche. Bonjour, mon ami, bonjour. Uh, <laughs> yeah, TK, it's okay there. No, no, for sure. Uh, working okay, Jimmy, uh, jumping in. Okay, Antonio said, uh, the stream is going to be uh, touching on three devices and, and OSs that I'm currently using. Uh, I have some strong opinion on all three. Can't wait to hear your opinions on them. So yeah, you know what? Let's, let's start doing that. I think this is the biggest news this week. Um, Android 13 as a whole, and of course, Android 13 when it comes to Oxygen and ColorOS. The... Overall update as far as what we've seen last week, Pixel devices get them first. So the Pixel series got their images. So uh, one step back, sorry. The updates started to roll out last uh, last week. That doesn't necessarily mean everybody got their updates last week. As we probably have seen with Juan Carlos, he barely got his update on his Pixel uh, 6 Pro. I think it was like a day or so ago. And that again was a week after the, the actual announcement. So there's a staged roll um, release of the software. Uh, images were posted directly to the developer site for Google. So if you want to be able to sideload it yourself, I did that. Um, this is something you want to be aware of what you're doing. One of the biggest things that Greg mentioned at the beginning, and I think uh, Antonio will also kind of jump in with that as well, is that this is, a, uh, this is a firmware that Google is doing some work on to prevent people from necessarily jumping back to Android 12, meaning uninstalling 13 and going to 12. Um, there's work that's being done in the um, on the on the back. We have to say uh, the better way to say it. The, the work's being done on the back end, so that the system, once it writes into one partition, because as you know, with Android on Pixel devices, there's an A and B partition that runs there. It typically runs on one, and when you try to revert back, it's borking or basically soft breaking the devices. So the long story short, there is some work around. Greg, I think mentioned it a little bit before. Make sure you flash. Uh, the build that you're getting for your device if you're sideloading it to both A and B so that you're able to kind of revert if you need to and install custom ROMs. If you're not doing custom ROMs, then you probably don't need to worry about it. I don't really feel there's a reason for us to revert back to Android 12. Android 13, at least the way I see it on Pixels, has been very solid. We've seen it being very solid at, ever since actually the early days of the alpha, even to the beta. So what we see now is basically, for the lack of a better word, a more refinement, a better refinement done than what we saw with the Android 12 update that we saw last year. So Pixel 6, 6 Pro came out with Android 12. There was some growing pains, Android 12 L came out. So the long story is we're in a better position going into Android 13. If you're on a Pixel and you loaded it correctly, or if you got the update automatically, you should be fine. If you're into custom ROMs, you need to be aware of those little extra things. So yeah, for sure, definitely it, it, it is something that I think a lot of us need to kind of cover and make sure that it's there. Uh, rocking three five. <laughs> I like it. I don't think I can. Yeah, so I can't really. So I can't highlight comment. This is a little bit weird, not having because I can see your comments and typically we are able to put them on the screen. 
Um, what I will actually ask, if you don't mind, let me know how does the picture look like? Am I in focus? Everything is good. I have it running somewhat in autofocus, but it, it's also not recording on the camera, so the autofocus isn't uh, doesn't kick in as full gear as when you have it on. So this is something to keep in mind. But I think I'm I'm actually pretty good because I'm the center of the product, the ah, center of the picture. So yeah, for sure. Um, Greg, something is yeah, good good introduction. Uh, the ARB um, to A13. Be careful, don't add, don't roll back to A12. So definitely, in if you're into ROM installment and customization, do your research, read the forms, and make sure you you're always make sure you're doing what you're doing correctly. And if there's a reason for you to go back to Android 12, then be aware what you're doing, and of course, do it very consciously and back up all your data, for sure. Ash. Um, it's okay to install Android 12 as uh, Android 12 as long as, as, long as uh, whatever you're installing doesn't include a bootloader. I haven't done it uh, myself, but several uh, several others have done it uh, for the Pixel 6 series. It depends on what you're trying to do. My recommendation is, again, if, if you're into modding and ROMing, this is something that's different. I don't recommend necessarily staying in on the, on the bootloader, uh, basically keeping the bootloader on Android 12 and going to Android 13. It, at the end of the day, overall, the moment you get an update, it's going to override and it ends up becoming a, some kind of an issue there. Mostly because, uh, you, again, what you're trying to do. If you're going to stay unlocked and you're going to be roaming anyways, then of course, like I said, just be careful. I just want to make sure that I don't make a recommendation for, you know, skipping steps. That's, that's always been my biggest thing whenever we go into ROM uh, customizations and changing things on our PC, on our devices. Most of the problem is somebody doesn't read the entire thread, at least the, the top post, the pinned comment and they typically skip a step, and that's typically where the problems happen. But at the end of the day, I'll say this. If you're happy with Android 12, if you're running a custom ROM on Android 12, there is no reason to get the update. And lo and behold, honestly, if you're running a custom ROM, you probably didn't get the update anyways. You're manually having to go to it. So there's going to be some questions in there, and I don't think there's a lot of people that are going to be affected by that as well. Um, Michael Corrigan says, I can't think of any reason I would want to roll back to Android 12. Uh, there are things that I miss about Android 11, uh, some of the customizations, icon shapes, uh, but Android 13 sees much better than Android 12, and I agree, it is. It's an evolutionary update, minor visual UI updates in there, but for the most part, you're not really going to feel very different, and you're definitely still getting all the benefits of Android 12. So if you're from 12 to 13, there really isn't that much of an issue. So I'm, what I'm trying to say is I, I feel like we're making more of a concern than it needs to be, and if somebody needs to do something as far as rolling back, they should be aware of it for sure. Um, so running in here, Finn's talking back, Javier, uh, <laughs> we're being fancy today. Yeah, no, no, it isn't. We're, uh, we're rocking. We're, we're trying to do what the purpose of the system is, right? The pro I is got the update to be able to live stream using the uh, monitoring app. I love that. I don't have the pro. The pro has a little bit more features. See with the pro, I can technically control my camera. So that becomes a little bit more of a remote control, not necessarily just the monitor, but that's because the pro has an HDMI, like a legitimate HDMI input where the Pro-I only has USB-C. So from a USB-C standpoint, 1080p, 30 frames per second is the cap as far as how fast we can go for streaming. Although the app supports 1080p 60, I can only go to 1080p 30. Uh, so we'll keep that in mind in there, of course. Uh, yeah, I got the, uh, the uh, <laughs> I got impatient waiting for the update uh, on my 6 Pro. I just, got, uh, I just opted into uh, the beta and then opted out and it triggered the update within two minutes. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, uh, anything to get the, the, the servers to bump you ahead of anybody else, I think you're perfectly fine. Oh man, uh, OnePlus needs to make an update, uh, an update as fast as they charge, as, uh, yeah, as fast as their chargers. So Ron Guido's jumping in say, with, a, with a comment in there. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, 
yeah, updates for, for OnePlus devices have been uh, basically set on almost, I think it's like a bi-monthly uh, update cycle. We don't typically get the updates as fast as every, every month, but we typically get them pretty close. ColorOS 13 is based on Android 13 with Oppo's customizations and of course Oppo's um, UI elements and approach. This is a little bit different than what we've seen in the last couple of years. Android 11, sorry, ColorOS 11 and ColorOS 12 have been more focused on bringing in a stock Android experience feel to ColorOS. And they've done a decent job about it. And of course, OnePlus customizes on top of that, providing us the OnePlus UI elements that we are familiar with, that we typically associate with Oxygen OS over ColorOS. This year, something changed. This year we have the new, uh, and what they're calling the aquamorphic uh, approach or the design, aquamorphic design elements here. Um, it's a little bit more graphical. There's a little bit more animation running in on both sides, both ColorOS and Oxygen OS. And you see a lot more similarities. And what I want to mention specifically is that it's not just OPPO giving OnePlus customizations. It's OnePlus giving OPPO others. This year with the Find X series, with the Find X 5 Pro, uh, we saw House of Light coming over. Now we see that uh, basically always on display. Uh, I think it was called the, um, hold on, let me get the name correctly. I don't want to mess it up. Uh, but the, so the canvas is the first one. So the canvas is one of the first customizations that they brought in there. And then the other one that they brought in, uh, I'll take that back here, always on display, AOD. So the insight, the insight uh, always on display came over as well. So we're actually seeing a merger between the two. We're getting the benefit of both ColorOS and OxygenOS in one. And I feel like this is something that we need to show at least some type of appreciation of what the company is trying to do. I'm with the fact that, you know, the true hardcore OnePlus fans are going to be feeling like, you know, we're losing a lot of OnePlus's identity and this is just messing around. This is just even further diluting the experience. To a certain point, I will say this and I will start talking about the comments and I want to discuss that with you guys. I will say this much. From day one, from the first version of the OnePlus devices that we've seen, for the OnePlus One to the OnePlus Two, First, it was a CyanogenMod phone that was just the initial launch, the way it was set up. The OnePlus 2 gave us the ability of going with Hydrogen OS, or custom, I think what ended up being Oxygen OS, and CyanogenMod. And you had the choice between the two operating systems. And then later on, CyanogenMod obviously left the conversation and at that point left with Oxygen OS. Year over year, OnePlus increased the price of the phone. OnePlus added new features. Year over year, that's been the, the, the theme that goes across what we see with OnePlus devices. When we look at that and when we, when we start looking at where they are now, this is just an evolutionary path that, they can, that they've been telling us, pointing to it every year. Two years ago, before the year before ColorOS and OxygenOS started working together, OnePlus did a massive change to Android 11. So the, OnePlus, uh, the OxygenOS 11 was a dramatic change from um, OxygenOS 10. There was a lot of people upset, but nobody was concerned at the fact that because it's not coming from Oppo. So what I'm trying to kind of bring that conversation to the end is the features that we're seeing now between the two. Yes, there's a lot more merger between the two, but typically I want you to be very, very understanding of that if you can. People don't want to go, don't go into a store and they say, I want to buy this phone or this phone. Tell me which one is better, right? Most of the time, they're not in the same market, at least not in the US. In Europe, there may be some situations you can, but they typically don't exist in the same ecosystem. I think both sides are benefiting from from an oxygen os user here in the us we're benefiting from having oppo in the conversation from the color science the better camera performance and some of the optimizations done and of course that also keeps us so we can go further and get more devices supported on the oxygen os or on the color os side for uh, for one for opal devices they're getting better and better and every year we're getting more features now it's a little bit more graphical i agree it's a lot more animations i mean you know we wanted to kind of keep it a little bit more simple 
But a custom launcher can fix 90% of those things if we're really not happy. It's the core and the, the processes that run in the background that we really want to appreciate. And I feel like ColorOS as a base is not that bad. So I don't want to jump too much. I, I have still some of the comments in here, so I'm going to go through and start reading some of them. I know I'm late, as usual. <laughs> on um, a detail on Monday, kind of like threw a, threw a comment in, the, <laughs> in Juan Carlos' stream. Uh, Juan's behind on the stream, kind of like TK. So I'm like, yeah, I, I typically do that. Um, uh, have you got the Watch 5 series yet? So, Fins, uh, I have mine on order. I got the message this morning saying that my uh, fold shipped, so it should be here on the 23rd, and that should have my watch in there as well. So the Watch 5 will be in that package as well. Uh, I've noticed that there are uh, uh, the, the... Yeah, so Antonio's kind of confirming it. I think that's the, typically what we see with OnePlus. You don't see them every month as an update, and I don't think uh, Opal does that either uh, on their devices. Although I will say on my Find X5 series, I, not even every other month, it's probably a little bit longer on that one. Um, let me just double check here. Yeah, sorry. Uh, people coming in and out of the front door, so it's going to be getting a lot of their uh, information. Um, see, Barry Johnson, hope you're doing well, sir. Hope you're having a great weekend, staying cool. Uh, and of course, uh, Ash, um, I was just going to say OnePlus updates have been bi-monthly, so I think everybody is yeah, noticing it. Um, what do you think the best phone, uh, phone camera is out there right now? Ooh, that's a tough one. So for me, I'll say there's there's a number of phones that will have a good experience based on what I've tested so far. It doesn't mean there's one best one. There's never just the one best because what's best for you is not the best for me. And what I mean by that is it's going to be based on choice and based on experience. So starting off from that point, I'll say that if you go with any of the flagship experiences on any company's phones, you're going to get a pretty good experience. The 10 Pro, the Find X5 Pro run pretty good. Uh, Honor with their uh, Magic 4 Pro runs pretty good with the camera experience. Um, for me, I still kind of prefer a little bit the X70 Pro Plus from last year, but that's mostly because of the benefit on both camera and video and, of course, that custom uh, you know, co-processor that they have in there. So the benefit there, I feel like, is still good, but again, not everybody's going to want to jump into an, uh, to a Vivo X70 or an X80 Pro. I don't have the Pro yet. Um, Xiaomi is putting some, some nice moves into the camera's experience and providing us good cameras. Internationally, the 12 Pro is going to be the best. The Ultra obviously will be the better one offered there. So the answer to that question, Golan, is very, very subjective to what your choice is. Uh, if your focus is primarily camera, the flagship experiences, literally all they do is focus on camera experiences. And those are typically going to be the $1,000 plus. To get a decent experience camera and, of course, good performance and bang for the buck, mid-rangers get better there. But I, I feel like that hopefully answers a little bit of the question. There is no one camera that I would say is perfect because everybody's perfect is different. That's that's a way of saying it. I think hopefully that makes sense. Um, let me jump in here real quick. Uh, don't forget that Oxygen OS took local uh, local upgrade button out. That's true. Yeah, um, if you if you do like to use the local update to manually update on Oxygen OS, there's a separate APK that you need to download, and I think it's available on the beta page as well as part of in, in previous versions where they used to tell you if you want to be able to refer it out of the beta. Uh, but that's something good. Good point on that one, um, uh, Greg. Antonio's ColorOS has a ton of features that I'm enjoying on Oxygen OS. No, I know, and I think that's the the, the main thing. I think a lot of us are. Are, are, are getting stuck in the weeds with the whole transition. And I, I realize that, you know, I mean, there's, I'll be very honest with you. I, I think where we are now, it's a better position than what we've had in the past. From a standpoint of what OnePlus is doing and the fact that it's been merged back into, uh, into the OPPO ecosystem, 
I still personally prefer their implementation of ColorOS because of the customizations that we've grown to appreciate there. And again, I also appreciate ColorOS on Find X series because they run so well and I'm noticing how good they run on both ends. What I will say though, I feel like the beta for both of them right now, the ColorOS one is a little bit more stable and the Oxygen OS is getting there. So they need a little bit more push there to get there um, and hopefully getting us into what we need there. Domin oh, Dominic is in the chat. Hey man, good morning or good afternoon. Um, uh, sorry, he's responding back to uh, Jimmy Fire Dragon. Da, da, da. My favorite phone camera is still the OnePlus 9 Pro. Absolutely, it's one of the best. If you have the 9 Pro, there really isn't much to go for. I was talking to a, a lady a couple of days ago, and she was asking me, you know, I have the I have the OnePlus 9 Pro. Is there anywhere? Is there any value of going to the 10 Pro? I don't think so. I honestly think the 10 Pro is not the intended. The customer for the 10 Pro is not intended to be a 9 Pro customer. It's intended to be more of the 7, the 6, and maybe the 8 series if they're considering upgrading and getting a, a better experience. But I think that's the biggest thing that you, you always will, will benefit from there. Uh, Purposely Gaming, hey, good morning. Welcome to the chat. Hope you're doing well, Matt. I appreciate you coming in and kicking in with us. Um, uh, oh, Grant, Grant's jumping in. Um, I don't know if it's true, but some of the, the big tech channels always complain about OnePlus being so expensive now. I mean, back in the 60s, they complained about uh, all the specs missing. Like, what are, the, what are you really expecting? Now that OnePlus has been including very high-end high, uh, high -end specs, the prices are high, but like, duh. So, absolutely. Again, it's been a path. It, they, they didn't like suddenly go, that they were always running at this point, and then suddenly they jumped. It's been a gradual up. And the reality of the matter is, let's be very clear. The, the price of the OnePlus 10 Pro came out at the beginning of the year. It was 899, right? The 10 Pro came out with an 8128. Then they released the 12256, and that was closer to a thousand. They're still not really crossing that far up in the thousand dollars. And now with the release of the 10T, they cut off a hundred bucks off the original price. So the 12256 10 Pro that still runs the 8 Gen 1 for 2021, 2022, is still a monster beast device for $869. So you're really getting a great deal out of it if you're thinking of getting into all plus. So the reality is, yeah, they give you the features. They're asking for the money to compensate for that level of features and they're pushing the technology every year you're still looking at a beautiful display high refresh rate qhd resolution and a battery that actually lasts you all day and now the 10 pro charges at 80 watt with the new charger so if you have a 10 pro just for reference pick up a new charger from the 10t just a 10t charger don't even bother but it's not like you need a 10t because you have the 10 pro you can charge your phone at the full 80 watt charging speed in the US using the new dual pump charger that's built into the 10T charger. So that helps us there. The 10T runs at 100, I mean, crazy, 125 watts in the US is still crazy. You're never gonna be missing a beat. And I think really we need to appreciate what OnePlus is doing and offering us, you know, features and, and functionalities and so on. Um, there will be one thing I'll say. Um, the one thing I would have liked is the ability to do more customization in the stream, being able to pin things and bring things, but uh, maybe a managing app. Maybe I think that would be a better solution also, something to help uh, kind of work through the chat. So maybe a connection over a different device. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, the Sony looks good, man. I appreciate it. Man. No, I'm glad. I'm glad this, not only that the stream is running, but we're also still running. So let's see here. Uh, we are at 74%. Um, and I don't know how long the, ch the chat's been going. Uh, da -da -da. Uh, I don't, okay, we'll go back to the chat. So let's see here real quick. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, Michael, I'm on the Pixel 6 Pro. Okay, so Matt's back on the 6 Pro, Purpose Gaming. Can you buy a Realme instead of a OnePlus? It's still part of the BBK anyways. So, okay, so there is a, okay, so let's let's talk a little bit more about that as well. Uh, I, I agree with you, yes. 
um, Realme in the last at least year or so have been doing a much bigger push into not only jumping into the flagship experience, but also providing us very uh, unique experiences. And specifically, they released one of the first 8 Plus Gen 1s in China as far as one of their, uh, their Explorer Edition devices. So yeah, technically, if you really kind of have to look at it, it, basically under the BBK brand, there is pretty much two branches. There's the Oppo branch, and then there's the Vivo branch. Because now everything kind of folds in literally two, little, two, two separate uh, positions in there. The OnePlus falls under Oppo, the Realme falls under Oppo, and of course you have all the other, uh, other options. And then Vivo has the IQ and all that other stuff, so those are the two main areas. OnePlus and Realme are, to a certain point, I mean, they're slightly different. Realme uses Oppo's OS with very minor customization, but the visual effects and the features are all literally OnePlus, sorry, uh, Oppo's customizations. And then OnePlus still adds a few few additional flavors that OnePlus community's uh, members have been using. So it, there's still a little bit of a difference. So where Realme UI is very much a copy from uh, ColorOS, Oxygen OS has a little bit of changes in there, but we're seeing also things brought in from ColorOS over to Sorry, from Oxygen OS to Color OS, which I feel like Realme would benefit. They're not really competing because they've, they're have they pretty much covering different markets, but I feel like Realme and, and OnePlus are offering us a, uh, a different experience. OnePlus is the, the speed, the enthusiast uh, part of the experience. The Color OS, uh, you know, I'll say the fine series is more of the, uh, you know, the, the more, the, I would say the luxurious side of Oppo. And Realme is kind of like in between where they pull features from both and they give you that bang for the buck. So I feel like that's really where I feel like Realme is doing. They're doing great in that department. And the GT2 Pro that they released early this year at MWC is, is literally one of the better options that I've seen from them. The Explorer Edition is only a China device. So this is where I feel like the GT2 Pro is still carrying uh, Realme to this day. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, da, da, da. Let's see here. Um, got my notice from Samsung too. The Fold 4 watch, uh, watch buds case are coming Tuesday too. See, every, I think everybody got a call. There really wasn't, um, I'll say, there really wasn't much of an issue for Samsung to ship out. The, the Fold and the Flip are very niche-based uh, devices, and I don't think stock was ever going to be an issue. I will say this. I have, uh, I did end up putting an order for a Flip 4 mostly because of the, the benefit. So I put it in before the whole debacle of the change the trade-in value, which I just want to specify. So for anybody that, any video or any content creator that's been pushing out videos in the last couple of, actually within this week, referencing a $900 um, trade-in value for the Z Flip 3, there's a little bit of a caveat. The Z Flip 3 itself, the base model, the, the, the 128 model, only gets $700. The 256 model, that's again the standard model, 256 storage, gets you the $800. The $900 is specifically for the bespoke edition, which would typically cost you $1,100 also. So the the, the pricing kind of got restructured a little bit after a lot of people kind of jumped in on the first, which seemed not to distinguish a version of the Flip 3 from anything else. So you could have had a Flip 3 with 128 they were still offering you 900 bucks. So that feature is not there. So just be aware. Don't go in with that expectation. Uh, it's still there. You can technically still pre-order it because it doesn't officially become available till the 26th. So you're able to get some of those benefits. I don't have those uh, links in here. They're in the last video. So, but I'll make sure to try to update those before uh, before the uh, podcast goes live. Uh, TK, do you okay? Um, do you wish that the new Galaxy Z Fold 4 had made uh, the outer display uh, when? Uh, sorry, uh, da, 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 the, uh, I wish the new uh, Galaxy, sorry, the Z Fold 4 had made the outer display when closed wider. Um, I think Huawei and other device companies have been doing it with the, maybe the Fold 5. So I think the functionality of what we've seen on the front display has been limited since day one. 
the first generation fold had a very non-usable display. I feel like the the weird the weird implementation it was felt like the, it was like a secondary thing. It was like, "Oh, by the way, we should put something out there." By the second generation and the third generation, we started looking at them and yes, they gave us a display, but it was still too narrow of a display by comparison to the inside. It still technically pushed you to use the inside the display. The Find N gave us finally a form factor that is wider, shorter. Now, I, I don't mind losing height as long as I get width because that's usually the working experience, right? It's still a decent experience. So yes, I wish uh, OnePlus, uh, sorry, I, I wish um, Samsung would have learned from what uh, Huawei's been doing, Xiaomi's been doing, Honor's been doing. Everybody's been putting on a device that uses a display to the true functionalities on the outside. And we get Samsung just not necessarily caring at this point because they're like, well, we know how to do it and we do it right. There is supposed to be a better, it is slightly bigger, but it's not wider on the new Fold 4. So I'll have to basically see the experience, you know, hand-to-hand -hand, uh, between the two. I still have my Z Fold 3, and I'm going to be trading that in. I did end up picking up a Z Flip 3 uh, to trade in for that promotion there. Uh, but what I was trying to say before is um, the order that they decided to ship, to ship me first is the order that I'm, I've been trying to cancel. So I have to reject the Z Flip order that's coming out and wait for the Z Flip 3, uh, Z Flip 4 order that comes in after it. Uh, because of uh, they were they misaligned some of my discounts and so on, so I wasn't able. It, it charged me too much. Let's just say that. But I can't cancel the order halfway in there, so we'll have to see in there. Um, fold would be best with an outer display that was a bit wider for for pen support. Absolutely. And I know, actually, that's the other thing. We need pen support to be brought over to the outside display. It makes no sense that we get such an expensive phone that supports pen input, but you only give us access to that on the on the flexible display. The external display could have benefited from it, and you you have the technology. It's on your on your uh, you know your Note 22 Ultra and so on. So it's not impossible. I don't know why they wouldn't have it, but I would love to see that as well. Yeah. Uh, so here, uh, sorry, um, Carter is actually saying, TK, I really think that the Google Pixel 6a really is a flagship killer right now. I had a similar design, has a similar design um, as the expensive brothers and Tensor chip, all for 450 dollars, while making some compromises. So absolutely, I, I still call it the premium mid-ranger mostly because it has the feature of the processor which makes it the flagship killer and I think that's to Juan's conversation and of course to yours as well, Carter. But at the end of the day when we're looking at the actual experience in the overall, this is truly an A-series phone. The camera experience is an A-series phone, the, the, the display technology is an A-series phone, the form factor is an A-series phone. It's the engine in there that roars the speed of the 6 and the 6 Pro and I feel like that's where I like to call it premium, uh, you know, like a a premium budget uh, device, but at the end of the day, you're right. You can't beat the 6A for that price point and the horsepower that you get in there. The processing power, the sheer value of the fact that you're getting a tensor processor in that price point is crazy. And I think this is one of the things we need to appreciate and see what, what companies need to actually start providing us and doing. Can they step up the game? Can they actually give us that type of experience with other devices? And honestly, with the exception of Google and Apple, because they control their own SOCs, very few can't. Every other company that sells the mid-ranger, I mean, I'll be very honest with you guys, even here with the uh, with the Nothing Phone, this is technically, not technically, this is a mid-range device. This is not a flagship. You can't tell me that, you know, Nothing could have provided us what OnePlus did to us a long time ago. That was a different time. To use an 8 Gen 1, to use an 8 Plus Gen 1 on a phone that was released later in the year in a mid-range processing experience, a lot more compromises would have been done and it would not have made it into an enjoyable experience. This is why we see the 778 Plus, uh, 778G Plus running on devices like this, or even going with the 765, or even just keeping in the 7 Series, the 7 Gen 1, 
which surprisingly I still haven't seen a single device release with that chipset yet. It, it was announced, but nothing is running it. So we're still looking at 7 Series from the set from the two years ago uh, moniker with maybe some optimizations. But to, to explain that, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I think it's it's overall something that we need to work on. Um, let me see. Okay. <laughs> Uh, fold would be best design. Yeah, I know. I'm totally with you. Sorry. I think I kind of jumped over a little bit back there. Dominic Juan, TK, Carter's in there. Yeah. Again, 450, absolutely can't beat it. There's, there's, there's a lot to be said. And it's one of those things I really don't, don't know why we're not getting a lot of coverage on it now that everything is up. And the fact that you get Android 13 on it. Um, do you think that the Z Fold 4 made the outer? Okay, so I think that was the same comment that we saw before, Carter. Uh, I wish Asus would hurry up and release the Zenfone 9 in the U.S. I, I'm totally with you, man. I'm totally with you. We need we need to see that in the U.S. Yusuf, can you talk about the ROG Phone 6 prices? Honestly, I didn't get a chance to do that much coverage on the ROG Phone 6 this year. ROG Phone 5 last year, I had a lot more hands-on. And although the summer was supposed to be a little bit more of a, a you know, kind of a lull, it turned out to be, it, we were still very busy and we're ramping up pretty quickly. I will say this, um, this show this week, obviously I'm still here. Next Saturday, I will be here as well. But the week after, the first Saturday of this uh, of next year, ne next year, next month, let me double check here. Um, there is a, um, what's it called? There's a good chance that I may not be doing the live stream or I may be doing it remotely from Germany. So there's a couple of things going on. I'll be going to IFA and that's going to be running during that week. So day one would be roughly day, you know, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So I just want to give you guys a heads up, not next week, but the week after that, there may be a little bit of changes in when I do the live stream, but I'll, I'll try to still do something for you guys. Um, but yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> the ROG Phone 6, though, and the basically the Zenfone 9 series. So those are the two latest devices from Asus. First and foremost, I'll say those are, well, it's a gaming phone and a general all-purpose device with a great audio experience on the Zenfone 9. I feel like what they're doing here is they're learning from their ROG series, bringing it down to the Zenfone series. But the problem is the rollout. It's always been a rollout issue. They never released them in time, like in the exact time everywhere. So by the time we get them here in the U.S., they've been around for so long and everybody's already enjoying them. So that it kind of gets a little bit, you know, the weird release cycles always kind of gets me. I mean, we still don't have the Xperia 1 Mark IV in the U.S. You know what I mean? Like the one that, that Europe's been enjoying for the last couple of months, we're still waiting for it. Um, so hopefully end of August, beginning of September, we should be able to see it on our side. Um, here, uh, Francois Dupont is asking, uh, do you think Google should remove the uh, the overheating detection when the camera is being used? I think, sorry, uh, the comment is kind of moving on. I don't want to lose it. So he's saying, do you think that Google should remove the overheat protection? Kind of like how we have it on Sony cameras where there is two settings, right? By default, the camera is set to be on standard heat, which means if it detects any kind of heat, it shuts off the recording to cool itself down, and then you can come back and record. There is a setting in there that you're able to turn on. It's called the high heat threshold, and that allows you to actually use the device, enjoy it without necessarily uh, touching it. So it, the phone, the camera knows it's going to get hot, and it knows that you shouldn't be touching it, but it's still able to carry itself and, and cool itself, which is what we're doing here. The only way for me to be able to live stream this long on the, Xper uh, on the uh, A7 IV, even though I'm not recording, is because of that. The device gets hot. I know it gets hot. It's getting power directly from the uh, from the Pro I, and it runs beautifully. So there's no question there. But this is something that maybe we can put on devices. But I'll read the second part of the question. I think just the warning itself makes makes users worried. All phones heat up when being used. Correct me if I'm wrong. So okay. So that one for Francois. Um, the the statement I'll say is this. Every device, if you use, if you're, if you're trying to do a lot of picture taking, video taking, and, and you're in that session, you're doing it for, you know, 20, 30 minutes or so on, your phone is going to warm up. Absolutely. I'm not denying that fact. Uh, some devices more than others, 
but that's depending on the SOC, the battery, and a whole bunch of different things. Because keep in mind, when you're shooting video on your phone, your display typically runs at a much brighter, uh, brighter result, uh, I guess, uh, threshold. So you're probably running the seven to eight hundred nits, because you're using the camera and it needs to give you a really good clear viewfinder. Uh, if you're connected to the internet, you're running internet connectivity. Your battery is being drained because it's sucking power to power all of these things. The camera module is running, the processor is running for the algorithm, and of course the uh, overall uh, algorithmic processing that your device is going to do outside of just optical processing, which we have a lot of algorithmic things. So all of these things running, this is literally even worse than when you're actually playing games to a certain point because you're activating more than one component in there and you're running too many things at the same time. So when you factor that in and we look at the experience, yes, your device is going to get warm. Now, what to Francois's comment is, what would happen if, let's say, we took off the sensor or the option to basically uh, shut off the processing when the device gets warm, meaning you run the device in a tripod mode and you allow it to do what the A7 series or the Sony cameras can do. It means let it run at a hotter temperature, understanding that it's not going to be damaging the phone, but you're overall not going to be touching it and it is going to be hot. This is something that we'll have to see. At the end of the day, what I would say, Francois, is this. The A-Series is a $450 phone. This is not a, uh, you know, $800, $600 phone. This is a budget-friendly phone. And I know $450 sounds like, like it's a lot of money, how you say budget, because it is a budget phone, not an entry-level phone. So would that feature make sense? Absolutely. Is it functionally built into what this device can do? I don't think they would build the, the, the experience was essentially built in that, in that level. So I don't know if the cooling and everything will basically be able to manage it well. The mod that we saw regarding the 60 hertz to 90 and 120 hertz bricked some devices because it just doesn't run. And also it wasn't really intended to be that way. So understand the customization, the experience that you're getting and the battery life and the battery draw. Is it functional to have that? Yes. Can we probably do that with more of a custom ROM experience? Absolutely. It's more something to do also with the uh, on the kernel level to be able to change those thresholds. But what I would probably say do it in increments and then be 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 conservative in your numbers. Let's let's just say that. So we'll there. Um, let me see here real quick. Uh, looks like uh, uh, did a great job with uh, Android 13. All the uh, all the other OEM major updates uh, received uh, approximately. Yeah, so the Pixel, uh, one, the One UI, uh, Oxygen OS, Oxygen OS, uh, you know, Color OS received all theirs as well. I think they've been working on their betas ahead of time, obviously. But One UI 5.0 is basically available in beta. Uh, for I think the S22 series. Uh, the price for the RG Phone 6 is $1,280 for the 12256. It's up there. No, I know. I mean, but you have to also understand, you know, Asus knows what the, the value in the market and it, it, this is where competition becomes a big thing, right? When Asus only sees themselves as their only own, only competition in most markets when they're releasing and being that they've, they've they feel like they're providing that experience because they have a line of gaming phones, right? It's not just one version of the phone that they release. Where we see Red Magic is still, you know, it's making some uh, some waves. We see Black Shark making some waves, but for the most part, ROG is still looked at to be the main one. Razer kind of stepped out of that game, and we no longer have the Razer phone series. I wish Razer was still in the game, and I think that would have given us a little bit more competition as well. Uh, Finn jumping back in there. The ROG has the has the right to charge more. <laughs> to be honest, they offer more. Yeah, no, no, exactly. The experience you get with an ROG phone is, is definitely predicated on a lot more features, bells and whistles, RGB, customizations, a really good DAC, audio experience is really good, a large display, triggers, all of the things we typically want. I'm not saying that the other ones don't offer this experience, but I feel like um, ASUS has been doing a very good job providing that experience to us in a very uh, concise package. But yes, their pricing is a little bit up. 
Although I will say the RG Phone 60 entry level is not a bad entry level. I mean, if you're just using the phone for gaming and you don't really care about the additional things, I don't really see a, a big difference in the reason for us to go to the higher end, uh, the, you know, Ultimate or some of the other options available there. Because keep in mind, the games will run the same. The processor, for the most part, is the same. They're still giving you fast RAM, fast storage. It's going to be more a limitation of how much storage do you really want to have. And 8, eight to 12 gigs is still roughly more than enough. Uh, folks, I have to give. Uh, I have to get going, Finn. Have fun. Take care of the... Have fun at the party. I'll say that. Have fun at the party, for sure. Um, hey, did I just see Aditya? Hey, Aditya! Hot dang! TK's new camera angle. Uh, yeah, really pretty uh, brown eyes, sir. Thank you very much um no this is this is purely uh a7 a7 this is the a7 IV running on uh the with the xperia pro i so this is that video that i dropped about a week or so ago at the announcement of the update for the xperia pro i so my pro i received the update the day after i did that video so i wanted to kind of share it with you guys and i felt like this would have been the perfect experience it's a streaming type of a setup it's intended to be mobile, so I'm not connected to power. Actually, there is no way to connect it to power uh, because of the way it's set up right now, it runs power. The USB-C port from the, uh, the Pro-I goes into the A7 IV, and the A7-4's battery is drawing power from the Pro-I. And we are at, oh, okay, now we're at 57%. Um, okay, let's close the chat real quick. I do want to see real quick. How do we know how long... So it says that I'm live, but it doesn't tell me how long the live stream has been going. So I can't even tell how long the live stream has been going. I know we're supposed to start like at 9.36. So we're about, not even at an hour yet. So we dropped from about 100% to 57. So that makes it makes more sense. Um, the battery is drawing, and that's one of the biggest things that you want to keep in mind. So from a mobile setup, I'm actually trying to push the limit of it, but I also don't want to get to the point where, ah, damn, you know what? I just realized there was an extra setting I could have done to make the battery draw even more, uh, le even less, not more. There is an endurance mode that that's built in, and it's supposed to help the battery last longer on the Xperia Pro I. And I was rushing. I forgot. I forgot. Okay. Uh, either way, yeah, you can technically do a lot longer. This is not indicative of the true experience you're able to get there. Um, oh, oh, absolutely. But no, no. So here's the thing. There's two factors why this the image that we're getting here is much better than what we get uh, typically. I'm streaming straight to YouTube. I'm not streaming to StreamYard. That StreamYard then flows it down. So this is where the challenge happens with, with StreamYard is we're running through StreamYard servers and they're processing of the data. This, there is no middle person. This goes straight from the camera. So where I'm looking at you, got I know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to point straight to you guys. That, so basically from you guys all the way to the camera and the camera straight, uh, sorry, to the phone. And that's straight to YouTube. I'm broadcasting straight into YouTube. And I feel like this may actually be a better position the limitation, obviously, is that I can't highlight comments. I can't see the chat on the same conversation. I do end up having to use a secondary device to kind of give me access to this. Let's see here, I'm getting a little bit more notifications. I'm sorry. Uh, the <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Now, I'm I'm excited. I'll say this. I'm excited for the fact that it runs and it's running so efficiently. Minor minor setbacks with obviously no logo, no name, all of that good stuff. To, but it's intended to be a live stream, right? It's a mobile live stream. From anywhere. That's the beauty of it. As long as I have a good, decent connection and I'm in a good environment, this should be able to last us for a very long time. Uh, unfortunately, though, I don't think we can do the inception this week, uh, but we'll have to figure out a way to do it. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe next week. Uh, oh my God, TK, book me, <laughs> Matt. Let's not let's not joke. No, um, no, no, for sure, for sure. I, I I'll have to say, 
I'm enjoying it. I like it. It's the same angle roughly to where I normally have my camera set up. I'm just, it's using a different lens. It's a 35 to 70 as opposed to the 35. No, I think that's, no, I think it was like a 30. It is a 35 to 70. I take it back. Uh, but it's not the uh, f1.4 that we typically have. So I may start thinking about doing the live stream straight to YouTube and skipping StreamYard purely from the picture quality. I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe we can run. I don't know. I don't I don't know if we can dual broadcast to a live. No, you can't. You can't really do it. Um, but I will say this for me, at least on the live stream, what I'm looking at it here, I, I do want to show you guys what you guys look like. This is this is seriously one of the things I think you guys should really enjoy. So here and I flip the camera. And hopefully, so here, so this is you guys right there. Oops, I right there. So you guys could see yourself. So if there is a way to make the inception, so you guys are basically sitting with me here. Oh, uh, right there. And then you can see the camera, all the different things, the sides and all of that good stuff. So it, it that's the best way for me to show you guys what you guys look like to me right now. Uh, not that it's a bad view, but yeah, no, I'm. <laughs> and then if you notice that there was a small little window at the top right, I still had the live stream running in there. Tkception. <laughs> That's about the only thing we can do this week if it comes to after that. Uh, but I won't let the battery run too low on the car on the on the Xperia Pro I because it is the center hub. Let me see here. Are we warm? It is warm, not hot. I uh, not hot by any means. It's not like you know we're pushing it to play like heavy games. Keep in mind that it is running a, a basically the processor on this is not the latest, but it still runs pretty quick because I feel like the processing power is way way higher. It's warm. <laughs> I'm warm. Uh, we're all warm in DTA. No, I know. I appreciate that. Um, makeshift TKception. No, I know. Um, so the biggest thing I'll probably say is it's really simple. It's really easy. It's it's super nice to have. Uh, now, if, you, if you're if you considering to pick up the Xperia 1 Mark IV, if you already have that in your market, this is built into that. This feature actually came from the 1 Mark IV, and that's the reason why we have it here, and that's why I'm appreciating it. It came over to both the Pro and the Pro I, and I feel like these are definitely Pro features. Now, we don't have the live streaming features that come from uh, like the video game live streaming or even the live streaming from Video Pro. Those functions are not part of this, uh, but it is definitely part of the camera or the monitoring app, and you switch the mode from monitoring mode to streaming mode and this is the experience that you get it looks good streams good and it sounds overall i think you know the controls are very nice and you're able to monitor the audio with the headphone jack on the xperia pro i uh, which gives you that nice little functionality i will say also um, the external display for the pro i does not work in this setup so you cannot run the display the external display you know that little monitor that they had with the kit that doesn't work it needs to be usb-c to usb-c straight on uh, the Xperia Pro I, uh, and it's three, USB 3.1 or 3.2, for sure. Um, um, if you show your phone, uh, you can do TKception. I, I, I tried, I don't know, I tried. And it, even though I'm kind of like having to catch it, but I, we'll try it again in a second when we get to that level. Um, uh, so if Firehound is jumping back, so I think uh, Aditya, I missed the opportunity for uh, for anyone who Android desktop mode. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and then Aditya is jumping back with Farhan, uh, just kind of going back and forth in there. Um, so Grant is asking a question is, do you still consider Pixel Experience stock Android? I still remember the old school material days from the Pixel Nexus 6 and 6P. So stock Android is, I'll say this, I'll explain to you the way I look at stock Android. For me, stock Android is AOSB. That's stock. That's Android at its vanilla, at the, the most vanilla of a level of a flavor that you can get from it. That's stock. What we've seen in the past, what we've seen up to uh, Android 11, before Android 12 came out, 
was Google's customizations, which typically are very minor. They're much more um, controlled and not as uh, not as visual in the past, and mostly focusing on customizations that allow you to have the device run the way you want it. So that's been the Pixel experience, what we've seen. But for the most part, people kept referring to, to that as stock Android because that was what Google released. What we now have with Material U is now Pixel or Google is saying, look, everybody has their flavor of this ice cream. Why don't we just make our own flavor? And that's what Material U is. So Material U to a certain point is a Pixel experience. Some devices like the Pro Eye does get, uh, do get the new rounded menu options. We get some cops, uh, customizations running there. But like other companies, like again, with nothing. So here, let's do this. I want to share this with you guys real quick. You know, like with nothing, let's bring this here. You can see that nothing kind of changed the UI elements. They added different bubbles. They added different toggles at the bottom. So a lot of the things that we get in there are customized. And I really love the, the auto-focusing of this. This is like, bam, bam, here. No, because that's how we do it. Sorry, keep winking. I just want to keep monitoring the front door. A lot of in and out today. Um, so yeah. It's something that we can still refer to. So I don't think Google or Pixel smartphones are running stock anymore. They're running the Google experience. This is the material you, the customizations, the color picker, the, the wallpaper customizations that we had. A lot of few things that basically are no longer based on stock. Now, you're still able to download an AOSP built. You're still able to customize it and run different things. So there are going to be options for custom ROMs and different com companies to um, add their skin on it. And that's what we get from OEMs. So at the end of it, at its core, this is where I think the, the, the statement of the this is as stock this is close to stock Android is going to be very functional. I think we're going to be stepping away from that. And that could have attributed why Color OS and uh, Oxygen OS don't necessarily are not trying to shoot for a stock looking experience, but more so their own unique experience now with Color OS 13. I think that can also be the genesis from that because you can't really try to make your device look with the same options that you get on uh, on Pixel devices and still make it look like it's a custom skin. It's different. Motorola does that, and I think some other companies like Sony do that as well right now. But for the most part, you're still noticing that it doesn't have all of the Pixel features, but it still has similar look. The look is very similar there. Uh, but you know, I prefer you know the options that we get. I like having my my Wi-Fi and my. Uh, my mobile data toggles separated from each other as opposed to on Pixel, but we'll hopefully see that. There are options you can do to change that, but natively, that's how it comes up. So let me see here real quick. Sorry, jumping back into the comments. Autofocus is lightning fast. No, I know, and I'm not even, this is not even on, uh, like, man, I, this is going to make it really hard for me to return this to Sony. <laughs> Sony's going to have to send, you know, some big, tall dudes to come over there and grab them, like, okay, they'll take the cameras back. Um but I'm really happy. At least the way it's set up and the way it's running, this is really, really nice. Um, Aditya, uh, amazing the focus on the A7 is so fast. Yeah, I know. And, I'm, and again, I'm using this with a kit lens. This is not a high performance lens, but it is still a full frame lens. So it definitely gives you that nice uh, flat bokeh kind of like uh, just a normal drop. Sorry, I'm holding this up. Just I want to keep, uh, keep the chat real quick. I saw somebody talking about Adam. I don't know if Adam is in the chat. Hope you're doing well. Um, oh, no, no, no. Okay, yes. Uh, his Fold 3? In... Uh, so, Greg, I think, I don't think, so. sorry, if I'm not mistaken, I think he, he kind of elaborated on that. The phone that fell in the recliner uh, while he was at the movie theater, I think, was a phone that was under embargo. So he, re he put that picture out because it's been destroyed. So it's a phone that he was, that I'm assuming he got under embargo that he's reviewing. Um, and uh, that was the device that, that he broke. Because it didn't look like the Fold, at least in the picture, and somebody correct me. I didn't really like too much, you know, look into the picture and trying to get in there. But from what it looked like to me, it looked like a, a more of a like a, a regular glowing rectangle. Like you know, it could be 
I mean, not this one, obviously. The device looked a little bit different. So um, I hope he's able to get it replaced and, and get his stuff taken care of. I know he mentioned a little bit um, that, you know, he's... Uh, it, obviously, it's unfor uh, unfortunate. There's no... It happens. I'm not going to deny that it doesn't happen. It happens. Many times have dropped my phone and it falls between the car seats in, in the car. I always worry about these things. So you always want to be careful. And unfortunately, yeah, sometimes that happens. And this is why I always try to make sure, and I don't know if he had one or not, try to put a case, make it a little bit more grippy. Um, I mean, the biggest thing I'll probably say, my biggest worry when I first got the Z Flip 3 last year before I returned that one um, was how slippery it is. You put it on a flat surface and if it's any kind of an angle, you start seeing the slipping slope from one side to the other. But we'll have to see. Hopefully, he, I'm hoping he gets it uh, taken care of as well. Um, Dominic saying the A7 IV is one of the best buy, best buys right now if you have the money. Absolutely. And I was, I'll be honest with you, I was waiting for them to put some type of a, a discount since release. So it came out early in the year, right? Like around February officially. Um, but it's still running about $2,500 for the body only. Not the body with the lenses. It's this kit bumps it up to another couple of hundred bucks for the lens but overall yeah i had it with me at ces i loved it then i love it right now i'm having time with my life using it and we're live streaming from it dude i mean seriously this is crazy crazy good okay so we're down to 45 percent on the xperia pro i i have to keep watching it i don't want to mess i don't want to mess it uh, mess around with it so let's do this here um ta -ta -ta. let me see here um Okay, so just to confirm, right now you're using a mobile network on the Xperia Pro I, the A7 IV as the as the unit, uh, using the uh, the pod view, uh, as a as a viewfinder to to conduct the high quality live stream. Um, everything with the exception of I have both Wi-Fi and mobile data connected just to keep sure if Wi-Fi drops. But yes, everything is basically can. Um, encapsulated in this setup and I don't have to do anything other than just basically hit the button live stream and if I really if it was mostly just not really looking at the comments I wouldn't even need this the secondary piece of tech that I have is purely so that we can communicate because typically I use my entire setup here so I'll say that my office is a lot quieter there is no fans running there is no whooshing going back and forth it's quiet it's nice there's a little bit of ruckus that you can hear at the top but not a lot and it still keeps the experience running smoothly so i really like it yeah very nice um and very very happy that sony is not only pushing the technology with new devices but bringing some of those new features to older devices the pro is is a is a bit older i mean this is not a phone that just came out last year this is literally technically a two years ago phone and if you think about the fact that they were able to push that to the pro and to the pro i that helps us appreciate more. Now, obviously, I want to see some of these features on the Xperia 1 Mark III, the 1 Mark, uh, Mark II. Those are the things that will also benefit from it uh, because they got the display functionality over USB-C the same way I have it on uh, the Xperia Pro-i. So, in theory, it's doable. Is it going to happen? Uh, Sony, if you're listening, please. Uh, oh, speaking of which, uh, one thing to keep in mind, next week I'm here, but the week after that, as I mentioned to you guys, there's IFA. But that week kind of is going to end up being a really busy week for me. So the first part of the week, I'm going to be with Sony at a, at a custom event called Kando. And that's also going to be talking a lot more experience by Xperia, smartphones, uh, and of course, A7 series or A series cameras and so on. So that's going to still be happening at the beginning of that week. So I will be during that same week, the beginning part, I'll be with a Sony. And the latter part, I'll be able to uh, go to uh, IFA. So hopefully that will also be really nice there. So we'll just give you guys a, a little bit of a heads up as things are going there. TK, uh, oh, Dominic is in it. So TK, wait for Black Friday, B&H will always have sales on that. So I'm waiting on that. I'm really banking on it because I really need to, I, 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 I want to switch 
the a7 uh, the a7 IV into my main camera and then take the a7s3 that i'm using right now as my main camera for other things to be more of my uh, my carry-on camera because i see they both features very similar experiences but you actually know what? i mean i may want to do it the other way around i know it, it sounds more like you should take the new camera i put it in there and make your, your videos look a lot better but the output over USB-C is much more, uh, much better on the a7 IV that I can use. Let's say if I'm traveling and I want to be able to use it as a webcam, it runs much better on the a7 IV as opposed to the a7s3. So there's also that function. The new menu system that we have on the a7 IV is much better. Um, just so much more options. And when I was testing it in my video, just to let you know, you could technically record video at the same time as producing it. So I could have done a video showcasing all of this at the same time as I was using it. So that is, I have a backup in case something goes wrong. But this is actually pretty good. And we're holding up pretty pretty decently. I, If somebody can let me know in the chat how long the video has been going, how long the stream has been going, because I cannot see um, the, the stream length here. It does not show that to me in the app, at least. Not on the YouTube Space site. Not YouTube Space, but YouTube's uh, mobile app. Uh, Dominic saying... Um, What's Google, what Google tells me, uh, because the, uh, the Celsius in the UK, 87 degrees Fahrenheit is about 30 in Celsius. Um, roughly, yeah. Uh, for me here in the in where I live in the, the northern part of Los Angeles, we typically hit about 103 to 104, which is closer to about 40 degrees Celsius. So we definitely get toasty, and we've been running that for quite some time. Um, I'm hoping within the next couple of weeks we'll start seeing some temperatures come down. Um, so Dominic is saying is the A7S3 is technically still better in low light, but for general use, uh, definitely the A7 IV will be more, more of a better performer. So I typically don't have a lot of issues with low light in, 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 in the office. I typically am well lit. I have two main lights. I have obviously some RGBs and lights. Typically I have them turned on. But for me, what I would probably say from a functional standpoint all rounder, I feel like the a7 IV would still work better for me because of the connectivity functions that it comes. I can connect this to my uh, to my PC and absolutely convert that into a camera. Not that I couldn't do it with my phone, but those are the things. I guess you also have to leverage which one's the more, um, yeah, which one's more of the maverick of the game, right? Which one does best? But no, does a lot of things great, but doesn't you know not necessarily just focus on one thing to do it the best. It records great video, but it also does really good with other options as well. So I really like that option, of course, and uploading through it, connecting it to the Pro-i, uh, leveraging those functionalities, of course. Uh, my live stream notifications on my other phone says one hour, uh, but it says it's around one hour and 10 minutes, maybe one hour and 15 minutes um, on Ash's site. Okay, well, the reason I'm asking is the show is supposed to start at 10.30. I started about 10.36, and I know I was a few minutes late running it. And we are, at, uh, not 10, but 9.30. So we're about 10, 10 o'clock, so about an hour and four minutes or so, which is not bad, not bad. I mean, considering we are at 40% now, so uh, the, the timer, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm feeling stressed, but I'm saying it, it's getting there. Um, Ash also said, oh, I remember, I can, check my, uh, I can check my TV, and it's on for an hour and two minutes. Yeah, so that, that's what I was thinking. It's roughly a little over an hour, which is decent. But it also kind of shows, though, uh, some of the things you want to keep in mind. There is that endurance mode in the settings app for the monitor app. You need to turn that on before you start the live stream. Once I start the live stream, I, I don't even want to perturb it because I know if I touch it and I end the stream, um, there is no jumping back into it. This is uh, straight to YouTube. Live stream through StreamYard gives me the flexibility of being able to create the event. And even if I lose connection to it, I can jump back easily because technically the stream is being run by StreamYard, not by my camera. Here, because I'm streaming straight to YouTube, if the camera loses connection to YouTube, the stream ends. And I would have to set up a whole new one, and that would take at least another five to six minutes, 10 minutes probably, with a PC to get everything customized. I mean, I can do an impromptu one, but it, what I'm trying to say is it, 
the custom the, the settings would not be as easy or as simple as it is right now so long story short not that bad we crossed over an hour it did drop to about 40 percent now and we're kind of also kind of coming in town to that little last few minutes there uh, on the system um uh golan says uh tk onoi honor long uh honor launched okay so honor, honor launched the 70 uh this week and it looks uh like it's a great mid-ranger um <laughs> go of course uh, i i'm i'm one of the better options nope not this one i don't know where my honor 70 is oh sorry I was actually putting my stuff away because I was uh, trying to get things set up correctly. So yeah, um, so one thing that I mentioned also is that Honor did drop this little guy. So here, the Honor 70, the brand new Honor 70 running uh, the 778G Plus as well. Uh, you know, definitely a, a mid-ranger device uh, looking to be more of a, a you know, well-rounded experience. Very nice curves. Designs are very good. Camera's looking actually pretty decent uh, for me right now. I'm still testing it. I don't have a, I haven't had a lot of time with it. Uh, but it did officially make the announcement about it. And hopefully I'll have more content for you guys maybe next week, if not at the latest, the week after next. Uh, but yeah, definitely a very good contender. They also released uh, the Tab 8. Uh, oh no, is it the Tab 8? Yeah, the Tab 8. And then there was also a new PC, if I'm not mistaken. There was also an announcement for a new PC that they talked about. But I'm looking forward to checking some of those things out at IFA. I'm sure they'll have them on the show floor. Uh, the model I'm using is... Uh, so this is granted MSM download tool, uh, but OPPO now requires it to be logged in and credentials. Yeah, so that to download and update your device. Hey, Jermaine's in the chat. Good morning, Jermaine, uh, or good afternoon. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we are running this on the Xperia Pro I, baby. This is, this is the proof in the pudding. If your phone can do it, this is the phone to do it with. And it, I mean, solid, over an hour stream. If it wasn't for the battery, which I need to figure out a way to get this thing to be more functional, I feel like this is something that I can say. Okay, you could definitely just live stream from anywhere. Manual, be outside. Um, I have two displays. There's a flippy display from the a7 IV and the Pro-I running. Uh, now, the Pro-I is a 4K display, but the feed is only 1080p30. And that's mostly because I decided to go with USB-C connection. I think we could have done better if we had gone with USB-C, uh, sorry, with uh, HDMI. We can have gone higher resolution. The problem with that is um, we would be, I would be occupying too many ports and there's a little bit more of a wire management needing to be done. This is the simplest to go and 1080p 30, I think is still a very good deal. A very good experience, I think. Um, I'm still, okay, so Jermaine's saying, I'm still thinking about uh, Sony, uh, but the prices are still crazy. Honestly, there's a few things you could do. Uh, what I was explaining earlier is I'm using the A7, uh, sorry, the A7S3. You could definitely jump on an A7S3 and still get an amazing display, uh, this experience. Save some money, still be on full frame, get the get the experience that we get there. Okay, I'm gonna decline that one, getting calls in the middle of the show. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like those are the things you can definitely are able to do. It doesn't necessarily need to be the latest. For me, because Sony decided to send me this one as part of the kit that I was using here to test out the Pro-I, uh, and I happen to have my own Pro-I, this runs perfectly. But unfortunately, yeah, this setup has to go back to Sony and I still have the A7S III. Uh, we're gonna try to wait for Black Friday. Maybe there'll be a discount, uh, maybe a couple of hundred dollars off um, at B&H, but I'll, I'm always checking. I seriously, like monthly on a consistent basis, when it is, I found one that was open box and even that was only a hundred bucks off. And it kind of like, I will wait. I'll wait, I'll wait. I keep waiting because I want to get the best uh, the best deal possible. Um, so yeah, uh, Matt's jumping back with um, Jermaine. The prices are crazy for sure. Uh, some holidays coming up, hopefully that will get that going on. And of course, Sladzy Sony's hardly an option uh, in, in here as far as sales. It's a tougher market. 
uh, Sony is coming back. There's better improvements and uh, there's, um, I, I would say year over year improvements in sales and Xperia is growing, but alphas and main bodies, I mean, Juan and I were talking about that not that long ago. The market for a, a, an S, a DSLR camera body is not in a growing state. It's, if anything, at a more constant and maybe even declining state. Less and less people are choosing to buy DSLRs. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about professionals. This is a very different market. I'm talking about the prosumer, the general users that I see sometimes us fitting into. The people that want something a little bit better, but don't necessarily want to spend the money uh, for getting the, you know, the four to 5,000, but they'll spend the money a little bit on the mid-range cameras. Smartphones are getting better. They're finding less and less reason to buy an DSLR and go out and be the guy with the strap and try to use the long lens and the dad. I still see those, but it, they're more few and far apart now. So at some point, it's going to end up being more of a function over, you know, what the quality. The quality is up there now with flagship devices. The, uh, the uh, X70 Pro Plus is a perfect example there. What we're going to see, hopefully, is in the near future, is a shift into an approach. Maybe you know where the bodies, uh, the body cameras are still sold, but more specifically for those prosumers and not necessarily for general use. But unfortunately, that means prices are going to go high. Demand's going to be uh, higher because there's not going to be enough hardware to support that. So there's always a whole back and forth. But for a content creator such as myself, and as, as you do as well, Jermaine, if you're able to pick the right camera that gives you the right quality, if anything, I would probably say is with whatever system you're in go full frame over micro four thirds or APS-C. There's a big benefit. There's a big difference in quality of image and natural drop in bokeh. Like the bokeh that you're looking at right now in, in this picture right now, it's naturally done with this lens. Had I had a maybe a, a higher aperture on this, I maybe I would have been able to do even better like the, uh, the 1.4 that I have on the main lens, but I didn't have enough time to switch it. But long story short, you could definitely appreciate the quality. And especially when you're outdoors, uh, the amount of light you're able to bring in also with some lenses, it's just going to be crazy. I really love those options that we get there. Okay, couldn't get the decent uh, 20,000 uh, 20, mAh uh, power bank. I think this is Ash. Uh, found a uh, small enough one to figure out the attach uh, uh, to the whole setup. So the problem isn't the fact that I can't find this power source. It's not an issue. I have power sources that are compact that I'm able to put in there. It's that the both USB-C ports on the camera and on the display are used to be able to run the stream. And there's only one USB-C input. This is the difference where the Pro I, or sorry, the Pro had an HDMI and a USB. So with the Pro, I'm able to run power over the uh, USB-C, run the HDMI into the A7S 3 and run even USB-C USB to the A7S, uh, A7S, uh, A7 IV, sorry, since AS3. And then at that point, I'm, I'm powering both systems and they can go much longer. The Pro I, one of the things I feel like the Pro I is a little bit less um, flexible in that manner is I only have one input port and we don't have Wi-Fi uh, wireless charging. So there's no other option for, for power to the system. And I definitely wanna, okay, so we're down to 30%. So I will say this, not that I wanna cut the, short, the, the live stream too short, but I kind of wanna give you guys a little bit of a more of a wrap up. Uh, doesn't Anchor make a wireless charger proper? <laughs> See, a DTS thinking with me too. Uh, it, they do, but the Pro Series doesn't support wireless charging. Uh, that's, so I'm hoping Sony can put that in uh, in the next one. You know, I'll put that in here. Pro needs, uh, yeah, uh, needs wife, yeah, wire, wireless charge. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm putting notes here because I, I actually want to, since I'm going to get a chance to go to a Sony event, I'm going to talk to them, and those are the things I want to definitely mention. Um, so, yeah, no, extra power sources, uh, the ability of having more flexible options to be able to run these things longer, I always appreciate. Again, I forgot to hit that stream. Now I'm like kicking myself in the in there, but uh, to kind of summarize things, the way things have been going. For me, 
Um, the Nothing Phone has been... I'm not... I want to be very... I don't want to kind of give out, go away too much of the video. The long story of this, or the uh, the short, maybe, you know, 60 seconds uh, sales pitch version of this is going to be this. The Nothing Phone 1 has some unique features. It's a device, the first device sold by Nothing, and it was intended to, be coming, to come to the market and disrupt the market. What we have right now is a very capable smartphone. Uh, it is definitely by no means a very... Uh, like it's not a flagship killer. It's not trying to compete with a flagship. It's really trying to carve out its own market. Um, I'm loving the fact that we're able to pick it up in the U.S. straight from European uh, sales through Amazon sites, European, and they're shipping it very quickly to the U.S. So it's becoming very functional. So that tells you two things. A, nothing is not restricting the U.S. from being able to buy these phones. And Amazon's obviously facilitating the transport and delivery, which makes perfect sense. So look forward for that video on Monday. I'm going to be putting more of a kind of a, a more rounded story on that one for you guys on Monday. Um, Color OS 13, Oxygen OS 13 are both in beta. They're going to get improved. They're going to get better. And hopefully we'll be able to get better options and more 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 stable versions of them in the near future. So at least I would look at it maybe another month or so. Because they're in beta, and this is the thing about it, is it, technically they're a step behind where Google is. Google's releasing final, and it's a stable version. They're releasing their betas. ColorOS definitely runs better than OxygenOS for me right now with the things that work in there. So I haven't had any app application concerns. But like OxygenOS, you know, I think uh, Google Pay doesn't work. There's a few things here and there depending on the system that you're on. Both can definitely benefit from updates, absolutely, and other devices will get it. For OnePlus, though, from what I understand, right now the 10 Pro is the only one that's getting it. Um, and according to OnePlus or Oppo, um, the Find X3 Pro will get it next month. The um, the Reno 8 Pro is also going to get it next month, and there's going to be more and more things. I put out a video. Hopefully, you guys had a chance to check it out. Um, hope you guys are uh, uh, Davin Davis. Uh, nothing is offering a very, very, uh, a very, uh, sorry. Uh, a very by the books, very complete. Yeah, absolutely. They're definitely focusing on um, crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's in, in a specific matter, and then giving you a little bit of that je ne sais quoi kind of a thing to kind of make it look a little bit unique. So definitely going to be go, going things there. Um, I am going to put out a video tomorrow on the Earfun Air S. Uh, those are the last butts that I got from Earfun, and hopefully that video will also, you guys will enjoy that tomorrow morning. Um, just kind of finalizing and starting to shoot things and get things ready for the week after while I'm traveling, as it's always hard to produce content while I'm traveling. But I'm, um, I'll say this. Um, IFA is something that I've been meaning to go back to for some time. MWC, I was finally able to go back. It was really a lot of fun being there. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll be able to kind of uh, meet up with some friends there and see who, who's actually going to the event. I know Xiaomi's not going to be there. Oppo, OnePlus are not going to be there. Um, and I think th there's going to be more focus. So I think Samsung will be there. I know Huawei will be there. Honor is going to be there. So there's going to be some mobile tech kind of still talked about. Uh, if they do have, uh, uh, basically, um, I want to say if Motorola shows up, I'm hoping they'll bring their foldable as well. I'll see if I can get some hands-on with that as well. But um, with that being said, I know it typically kind of, We'll do the, uh, the, this is the point where we do the TKception. And I'll be honest with you guys, I think the only thing we're able to do as far as close enough to TKception, hold on, this is the wrong camera. Let's see, can we even, no, see, and it doesn't, it doesn't even run the, the, the <laughs> so here, uh, let me see. Okay, so yeah, it, it doesn't run the section. It doesn't actually run itself. If you can see the camera itself, it tries to do the loop, but it doesn't really do a job or a decent enough job of it. Um, so it's a little bit hard to kind of see it there. Uh, but yeah, so with that being said, um, I want to say first and foremost, thank you very much to everybody for hanging out with us. Dominic, Greg, um, Aditya, or Mr. Cumberbatch of our channel. Chemitar is in there as well. Finn for dropping in uh, earlier. And of course, now we're getting notifications. 
uh, everybody else kicking it with us as well. Um, and of course, uh, Farhan in there, Tech, uh, Jermaine, of course, uh, Golan was in there as well. Marilyn was in there. Um, I see uh, Jimmy Fire Dragon is in there as well. Grant was in there and Francois was in there earlier as well. Um, and of course, everybody kicking it with us on this beautiful Sunday, sorry, Saturday <laughs> evening show uh, for the Android Bay. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Android Bay, back into our normal setup. I have a feeling that this setup is going to basically go back to Sony next week, but I just wanted to do an actual full live stream from it. So thank you very much to Sony for facilitating the features to be available, making it possible for me to be able to test it out with the a7 IV as well as using it on the, a uh, the Pro i. Um, and I can't wait to see, you know, when the Xperia 1 Mark IV comes to the U.S. and hopefully be able to test it out. Because, again, that, I feel like that's, again, the main benefit here. We're getting more and we're still getting to enjoy our devices. So, again, I also want to see um, probably early January, maybe by the time Sony comes out with a version of Android 13. We'll see what new features they bring in in there. Uh, and, of course, I actually want to be able to play with... Uh, on the one pro on the pro uh, on the one mark four i want to play with that music app i never got a chance to play with it the units we had juan and i at the time were beta testing and we didn't have that software and that was like they they released that software in beta on the units after they took the devices back from us so it was, it was kind of a weird thing but long story short i can't wait to do uh, to, to that and of course um oh barry johnson as well thank you very much barry for being uh, being with us here on this on the chat and in the show so like and subscribe as usual. An audio version of this podcast will be released very shortly. Hopefully it runs pretty clearly. I, I, this one I'm going to have to do a little bit different uh, to be able to pull the audio. But at the end of the day, this was fun. This was great. After about an hour and 20 minutes show, we went from 100% battery to 24% battery. Um, and again, I could have gone longer had I turned on the endurance mode. I, I forgot about it. But I didn't want to mess with the stream in the middle of the stream. So that was the biggest thing. So... Like and subscribe, check out the audio podcast. I'll see you next week. And thank you very much for the support and spending some time with me. Bye-bye for now. And I'm going to try to shut it off now from the device as usual. Uh, thank you. And, and of course, thanks to Matt and Aditya for making it to the show. Matt, I know usually he has work on these days. So I appreciate you being with me. And of course, uh, Jimmy, Davin Davis, uh, Dominic Juan, everybody, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Take care for now.